Welcome to Sketch Therapist. It's the podcast that'll improve your sketch life. In today's episode, I'm going to invite you to come along with me as I sketch the Guinness factory from the banks of the River Liffey in the heart of Dublin City. Guinness is one of those things that you either love or haven't drunk enough of it yet to get to like it. I really love it. I do. I love it. Now, it is a bitter kind of a drink, but it is one of those things that you, once you really like it, mm, you just love it. So I guess I was only about 17 or 18 when I first drank Guinness. Um, I was going to... Uh, NCAD, my first experience of college life, NCAD stands for the National College of Art and Design. And I remember my first day there. Um, gosh, I was so green. And there was a very strong smell in the air and I didn't know what it was. And I was like, what's that smell? Um, it turned out that's the smell of Guinness being brewed. It's apparently the hops being roasted. You end up thinking it's just the nicest smell ever. But that might be something to do with the fact that I had just the most amazing time in college. I mean, my goodness, to be 17, to have been a little bit kind of, not going to say misfit, but I certainly didn't find my tribe until I came to NCD and then all my classmates were just like me and it was great. So we used to hang out in the clock pub just next door to... um, NCAD. NCAD is on Thomas Street, which is in the heart of the Liberties, um, quite high up in Dublin City. It's uh, quite high up the hill. Uh, after Dame Street, you uh, walk up Dame Street, past Dublin Castle, um, past Christchurch Cathedral on your right, and eventually get to Thomas Street, which is where the Liberties, that's where, the, that's where you'll find the Liberties. So we used to hang out in the clock and we used to drink Guinness and we weren't very good at drinking Guinness, so we found it a little bit bitter. So those of us who were new to the drink, we used to, we used to put a splash of blackcurrant syrup into it. And we got used to it that way. The National College of Art and Design on Thomas Street was once part of the Guinness factory. It's really cool inside um, and the fact that you're in a sort of an industrial uh, Victorian kind of a building, it, it really it really marries well with the activities of an art college, especially the type of art college um, that NCAD is. There's a lot of noises of welding and uh, very, very macho, rough guys, alpha guys, you know, striding about um, making very avant-garde art you know, t- t- taking taking no nonsense from anyone. Um, um, and I guess I wasn't really cut out for that kind of a scene. I had no idea of what scene I was cut out for, but it wasn't that one. Much as I loved it and I loved being part of it, I was never going to be an avant-garde artist. It's just not me. But the college itself was beautiful. There was um, there was masses of old um, engine machinery left over from the Guinness days um, and a lot of it was painted in bright primary colours uh, in the kind of the 1980s, 1970s style. It looked amazing, it looked really, really good. So it was a fantastic place to go to college. Oh, um, there was a cobbled path that went through the grounds um, where uh, uh, being part of the 
as it once was the factory. So the whole thing was beautifully maintained, beautifully kept. And I have very fond memories of it. So anyway, roll on, I suppose, 20, even is it 30 years? And I am making my book, Dublin in Sketches and Stories. Um, and I feel that I have to draw the Guinness factory. And I'm wondering where's the best place to uh, to sit to draw it. And I've noticed that when you're driving along the quays on, um, especially on a bus, when you're driving along in a car, but especially on a on a coach, you can see uh, the Guinness factory very clearly. It's on the right hand side of the um, River Liffey as you're heading into the Dublin, into Dublin city centre itself. And there's all these smokestacks, there's all these great stainless steel and aluminium um kind of towers and there's uh, red brick chimneys and some of them have got smoke coming out and it's all very factory-ish. So it's just the kind of thing that an urban sketcher really likes to draw. So anyway, walking along one gorgeous afternoon in late April, I come to uh, Croppy's Memorial Park, the Croppy's Memorial Park and there's these benches on the outside and I went inside um, and I noticed there was a lot of... um, I suppose I'm not going to say homeless guys, but there was a lot. There was a lot of kind of down and outs, except they didn't look very down and out because they're having a party. They had all got together by the um, the statue, the Anna Olivia statue, and they were having a party. They'd they they they'd cracked open the beers and they're having a great time. So I just decided, I suppose, between that and also the fact that I didn't really want to sketch through the bars of the park, the railings. Um, I went and sat outside the park and I found um, a stone bench and it was the perfect vantage point from which to sketch the factory. So off I set, um, sketching away and I used my um, my favourite ink colour, which is Diatramentis Document Ink Brown, a lovely waterproof brown ink. And I used that to do the drawing. There's something about using brown. It's not as harsh as black. Um, if you make a mistake, it can end up looking kind of cool. And in fact, uh, rather than harsh, which black can be, black can be a little bit harsh. And I, I, I'm talking of mistakes. I made really quite dramatic mistakes. Um, it's kind of what happens when you're an urban sketcher because you're drawing things as they unfold in front of you. So where I've drawn the railings of a bridge, then a little bit later I might draw a car on top of it just because I feel like I, I really ought to put a car in. And by then... I can't get rid of the railings. I've put them in and you can see them through the car itself that I've drawn in the um, book. So it's on page 12. It's right at the beginning of the book, um, Dublin and Sketches and Stories. And I mentioned that in a previous episode, it's published by Merriam Press. And it's uh, it's a really nice, really nice book, even if I do say so myself. Anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm drawing and the conditions are good. And it turned out that the factory had just reopened the week earlier. It had been closed for the duration of the pandemic. Now, none of the uh, references to the pandemic that I make in the podcast um, make an appearance in the book because we made a conscious decision, myself and the publishers, not to uh, refer to the pandemic in any way because we figured, you know, people were sick of it and so on. And all that is probably true. But I am here to tell you what it was like to sit there and sketch on the day at the time. And yes, we were still in full, I'm not going to say full lockdown. We were, certainly weren't in full lockdown mode, but we were in pandemic mode and the places, the pla- everywhere was very quiet. And um, the fact that I had smoke to draw coming out of the chimneys of the Guinness factory was very welcome because smoke is cool um, coming out of a chimney in an urban sketch and it wouldn't have been there a week earlier. So 
anyway, time went on and the guys behind me in the park are, uh, they're having, you know, their beers and they're playing music. And I don't like the music because it's, these guys are older guys and they're playing music of their heyday, which was stuff that brings back dreadful memories for me, like anybody of my vintage in their 50s will remember, um, I think it was Bagatelle uh, playing and their song was uh, uh, Summer in Dublin. And it's, you know, I don't know about you guys, but all the songs I heard as a teenager, the lyrics are all firmly um, recorded in my mind for eternity, whereas I can't remember anything now. I mean, you know, something I did five minutes ago, forget it. But all the lyrics from the <laughs> Summer in Dublin, I know them all. So um, jumping on a bus to Dunleary, stopping up to pick up my guitar. But they all those all those words in that song bring back a time for me when um when the when I was the one the boys didn't ask to dance um and uh you know they asked all the other girls around me to dance I'm sure I dodged many of the bullet but it didn't feel like that at the time so I get in a bad mood listening to all this music and then they play uh, another genre of music that I very much dislike Bob Marley sorry guys but it's just again it's the period that it reminds me of there was a lot of Bob Marley being played in in my neck of the woods in the 1980s and it's just not my taste that's slow stuff it's just not for me so anyway there you go those are the memories that I had as I was um, sketching away in terms of the sketch itself uh, I tell you 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 just you just wouldn't believe how many mistakes I made. I'm actually looking at the original at the moment and I can see um the ghost of some lines that got hastily scribbled upon um scribbled on top of with a white gel pen. Now your white gel pen, I don't think I've mentioned it so far in the podcast. Your white gel pen is basically your little knight in shining armor. So it's a pen with a white acrylic ink or paint or whatever, white acrylic in it. And it's really opaque. It's really thick, but it runs beautifully out of these little pens. And my brand is Jelly Roll. There's loads of great brands of uh, white gel pens. But I like Jelly Roll because it's thick, it's consistent, never clogs, and it seems to go on and on. It doesn't dry out, nothing like that. You can get rid of even the darkest brown or black ink line with a white gel pen. Um, wait for it to dry and then you can even put a second layer on top. So it's really good if you've made a mistake. Now, you might say, well, why don't you draw on pen at all? Why don't you just draw on pencil so you can actually rub out the lines you don't like? Um, I like drawing a pen. Pen is statementy. It's very um, deliberate and it allows you to just go, yeah, line, 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 line in a way that you can't do with a pencil. You know, it's pencil is much more oh, I don't know, can I, may I, may I, may I go here? Whereas, um, well, that's the way I see it anyway. I, I just love working pen. No, that's not to say I don't love pencil. I used to believe that there was no more beautiful drawing instrument in the world than a pencil. But these days I'm into pen. And for that reason, I love my wet gel pen. Oh, and I'm looking at another part of the sketch. Um, there's a plume of smoke drifting in front of one of the chimneys. You can see it there on the uh, little sketch that goes with the episode. And, um, I probably added the plume of smoke after I'd already painted the chimney because I can see some swirls of white gel pen um, to kind of give the impression that the smoke is translucent and you can just about see the chimney stack behind it. So for that, uh, for things like that, it's really useful. The closer I look, I hate to say it, the more white gel pen I can see covering up uh, mistakes. But that just goes to show um, 
you know, that I had the fact that I hadn't noticed them until this moment just shows it goes to show you how effective it is. I've also used it to do a few um, strokes of light on the car windows. So white gel pen's brilliant for that. Um, what else? There's a truck coming out of the factory gates and I decided that it would be really cool to have a truck coming out of the factory gates. Um, there was already something inconveniently drawn there already. So I used the white gel pen to get rid of that. A couple of more cars um, where I added a lot of white gel pen to, uh, to, to, to hide a little bit of the wall of the key behind the cars. Also, I used it to pick out the railings on the bridge going over the River Liffey. Um, if you go over the, the bridge just there, you end up in the in Houston station. So um, that was it. Oh, I forgot to mention um, after I came to the end of my sketch, it was really good. Now, I probably got freezing cold because I am such a cold person and sit anywhere long enough when it's not, you know, the height of summer and you will eventually get very cold. But the guys having the party, um, you know, things progressed and a lot of drink was drunk probably Guinness I don't know and um, you know they started to get a little bit messy a little bit fighty a little bit scuffly and there's a few shouts and um, then eventually the music stopped and the party broke up and I don't know what they did after that so that was the end of their party and it was the end of my sketch you can also see on the facing page in the book um, on page 13 um, the statue of Anne Olivia sitting in the fountain it used to be situated on the middle of O'Connell Street and it was nicknamed the Floozy in the Jacuzzi, which is very Dublin. But it was moved to the Memorial Park and I'm not sure where it is better. I don't really remember it being on O'Connell Street, but it's a, I think it's a gorgeous statue. Um, so definitely if you're in the area and you're, you have a sandwich in your bag or whatever and you want to sit down and enjoy a few minutes of calm, head to Croppy Memorial Park. If you have your sketching stuff with you, draw the factory. You know, you'll have fun doing it. And you can even pop into Collins Barracks, which is right behind you. OK, so next I'm going to tell you a little bit about sketching the gates to the factory itself from a slightly closer vantage point. Don't go away. A short while after I sketched the Guinness factory from the uh, far side of the riverbank, I decided to go up and sketch the um, gates to the Guinness factory itself. Now, um, that's called St. James's Gate and it's up on James's Street itself. And I had been told that of all the places I would be sketching in Dublin, that James's Street would be the edgiest. Um, I'd been told that the pickpockets had moved up there because there was rich pickings from the tourists. Now, there weren't any tourists around at the moment because, as I mentioned earlier, we're still in the... Uh, in, we're still at the heart of the, the, the pandemic. So the place is kind of quiet and the factory is still closed to tourists. OK, so it's only just opened to brewing, but it's still closed to tourists at the time that I was sketching. So I was sort of semi-nervous and semi, well, I'm not going to say excited, but about sketching up in James Street. No, excited. No, I wasn't excited. I, I was nervous. I was nervous. And by that stage, it was coming to the end of the book. And I was really quite tired after the work that was behind me. And particularly the fact that the pandemic had put the kibosh on the flow of the book because I'd had to um, stop working on it for a long time, not being able to leave my county, never mind, I suppose, wander around the streets of Dublin. 
that it really was like, okay, you know, get the get get the last bit of energy up to do this. But arriving on James's Street, it was just absolutely gorgeous. I can't tell you what a beautiful street it is. It's again the Liberties, very old Dublin, but and it's very, very Dublin in a very um particular way. Okay, you've got the smell everywhere of the Guinness brewing, the factory of the, the smell of the hops brewing. So that's probably a large part of why it feels so Dublin. But it's something else. It doesn't feel like it's been gentrified in any way. It probably has, and I'm too thick to notice the ways in which it's been gentrified. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels it feels very kind of natural. It feels, it's very wide street. And there's a lot of brownstone brick buildings interspersed with white plastered buildings and between the two of them it makes for a very tasteful exterior and yeah some of it's shabby but I thought it was gorgeous. Anyway that's where I found myself um, that that day when I was going to sketch on James's Street um, and I sort of had a keen eye open for any passers-by to see did they look dangerous because again I'm a woman on my own and sketching on your own for long periods you're I suppose kind of vulnerable because you can't just pick up and leave. You have to sort of say, oh, um, would you just hang on? Can I, look, my, my picture isn't dry yet. And um, look, I don't know. Look, I've dropped my pen. Would you just leave me for a sec? Like, you know, you, you don't want to be in that situation. Now, I ironically, I have never, I mean, I, I have been outside on the streets sketching away more times than I can possibly describe. I mean, if I've got 80 to 100 sketchbooks full of drawings, most of them happening outdoors. Just think about each with 60 pages in it. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time spent outside on the streets. And I've, I've never had any hassle at all. So even though um, I don't want the hassle and it would be difficult to gather up my stuff and make a sharp exit, and I'm sure it'll happen sometime, it hasn't happened to date. All I've had is kindness and thoughtfulness and interest in what I'm doing, conversation. You know what? People are much nicer than you than you might think, than you might be led to believe if you were to pay attention to everything you hear. People are lovely. They really are. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with, with drawing in front of people. I don't know. But in my experience, people are only lovely. But I wasn't really thinking about that on this particular day. I was examining the people walking past and I noticed something about the demographic of the people walking past. First of all, there were very few people because, as I say, we're still in the middle of pandemic and there just weren't that many people passing. Secondly, I noticed that most of them were male. Um, a lot of them seemed to be young and some of them were Dubliny and some of them were foreign. Um, they were immigrants. The Dublin ones were always easy to tell because they looked so Dublin. They'd have like really tight features, skin very stretched, taut over really... Um, what's the word, prominent cheekbones and like thin pointy noses and they'd look an awful lot older than they were. You could see they were young men but they'd, they'd look like they'd um, you know, been around the block more times than, than, the, than they should have been at that stage. So I was like, mm, okay, what do I do? But it felt fine. It felt fine. There was no, there was no vibe of uh, danger on the streets at all. And I took a position outside the, um, it was a bank, the Bank of Ireland, I think it was, just opposite the entrance to the Guinness factory. And I knew immediately I was going to enjoy painting it. One of the colour schemes that is my favourite of all is Payne's Grey, which is a very, very dark, deep, bluey grey. 
uh, combined with shades of brown, particularly burnt umber and yellow ochre, which are very kind of, um, well, burnt umber is, is kind of a cold sort of a dark brown. And it looks really good when paired with paints grey and it's always going to be tasteful. And the good thing is that with the browns, you can do the, 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 the brickwork and the blockwork. And with the navy, you can do um, the black, any black paintwork, which is on the, the main gate, the, the door. Also, you can use a very dilute for the sky. Um, my drawing went up a little bit further than you can see in the sketch, but that's just the way it goes when you're making a sketch for a book. But it's very elegant. It's perfectly, perfectly maintained. Um, there's some railings outside the gate with dreadful spikes uh, underneath them. I don't quite know what the spikes are for, but to stop somebody doing something anyway, you can be pretty sure about that. And they must change the year on the outside. It says 1759 to 2021 on the other side. So I'm sure it says 2022 at the moment. Kept getting um the shape of the the little plaques with the date written on them. I kept getting the shapes of them wrong. Trusty gel pen sorted it out and uh, I was able to bring them back a little bit. I was always very conscious that I couldn't make too many mistakes when I was sketching for the book because I'd only get one shot really, you know. I wouldn't get a chance to go back and do the same place again. And I never did actually. In all the 120 odd sketches that are in the book, I only got one shot for any of them. Um, You can see two walkers walkers I always have to say walkers in that voice so I'm sorry if, if anybody's offended by that but there are two walkers um working for Guinnesses and um they are on the left and there is a stout lady who looks tough and there is a uh, less uh, unusually shaped man on the right and the the lady came out for her smoke break over and over again she had many many cigarette breaks um many cigarette breaks she needs to ease up on the fags now I have to say um, and she'd always have someone with her to come out and keep her company. But they were always different men, um, different workers. <laughs> um, they always had day glow jackets, you know, safety. And they always had, uh, the men had red ties and white shirts and black trousers. And the lady, um, as I say, she looked tough. Um, you see, I'm very brave now. I wouldn't have said that if I was sitting, if, if when I was sitting across from her. I wouldn't have said, um, ma'am, you're tough looking. But she, she was, she was tough looking. And she had her hair pulled back in a in a bun. Maybe she takes it as a compliment. Maybe she wants to be tough. But anyway, there I was sitting there and um, I figured the bank was a safe place to sit because they, they would be bound to have plenty of uh, security, you know, as part of their um, as part of their their everyday uh, everyday life. Um, and I felt safe there. So um, I, I decided to to pick up that thing I used to do in Mauritius to see if people were safe. I'd 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 listen out. Um, for any oddness, okay? So that's my kind of thing. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but in, in I was saying that when I first started sketching in Mauritius, I would examine people's feet and toes to see if they looked safe. Um, and I hadn't had to do that for a very long time. So this time I decided to use my ears. So if there was any, if there was any sort of foot dragging then you know that might that might suggest that somebody was maybe a little bit down in their luck and maybe would be looking for, you know, um, a euro um, or, or 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 something like that. And I didn't want to be disturbed or bothered in any way. So I had my ears out on elastics and uh, sure enough, after a while, I heard a foot being dragged and I thought, oh God, here we go. And I looked up and it was a very um, alluring and handsome tall foreign young man blonde and he had one leg in a cast he had one of those black boots on those walking boots on and that was why he'd probably done his ankle in a skiing accident or something far from being down and out 
so I thought, I felt like an idiot. And I thought, gosh, you're so judgmental, which I am, of course. And uh, anyway, he had no interest whatsoever in a, a middle-aged, uh, slightly squat uh, <laughs> female sketcher. And off he went and uh, I decided, OK, well, you know, never mind. OK, so he was dragging his leg for a good reason still. Um, and then after a little while, I heard another foot being dragged. And this time it was a tramp and a poor man. He really was very, very unwell. And uh, he was dragging his leg and um, not dragging it exactly, but kind of shuffling because he just didn't have a clean, nice, confident gait, the poor man. So uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Again, he had zero interest in any woman sketcher uh, or anybody really on the streets and off he went. So eventually I finished my sketch and I was pleased enough. I did a close up of the uh, the little relief statue, the little relief sculpture that's right over the top of the gates. And it looks really cool, I have to say. So you can see that there on page 68. So off I went and I made my way down Thomas Street. And by this time, the street had really come to life. So I was heading back towards the, the centre of the city and um, I noticed after a while on the far side of the street, just outside the art college, actually, where I used to go to college and drink pints of Guinness, um, I noticed that the cars were parked. Uh, the cars were kind of um, trying to drive around a, an obstruction in the middle of the street. And I, I looked closer and it was a car parked at a funny angle. It was a guard car. It was a guard car. And there was a guard standing outside and a big burly guard. And he had just arrested a smaller man um, and the smaller man I am going to guess he you know the way you can tell he looked to be Eastern European I could be wrong but anyway that's what he looked to me and the funny thing was the guard had his mask on like a dutiful guard you know and the criminal didn't he wasn't wearing a mask and I, I said this to um, my son Paddy and Paddy said yeah and, and to think there's a time when the only ones in masks were the criminals <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the criminal wasn't being civic minded he wasn't wearing his mask that day but the the funny thing was it was the most laid back calm arrest I've ever seen not that I've ever seen any other arrests but the uh, the criminal had uh, he had his two hands behind his back and he was he was handcuffed and the guard was I mean they were almost leaning in to the, 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 the way they were standing they were so laid back and the guard was probably waiting for a backup but the criminal was making no attempt to be um, a pain in the neck in any way. Um, so it was just, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. I did see lots of, because, oh yeah, I mean, it was the the edgy, the gritty, the edgy that I'd been so longing to see. And here it was and uh, nobody's getting hit and nobody was shouting and nobody was shoving anyone and nobody was trying to pick my pocket <laughs> And I got my sketch done. So um, so that was my experience of sketching um, the Guinness factory. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Well, that's about it for this episode of Sketch Therapist. I hope you've picked up a few things along the way particularly the colour palette with the dark blue, grey and the brown. I highly recommend that. Um, the white gel pen, of course, is just an absolute must-have when you're out and about sketching. Um, and if you're interested to know anything else about the Guinness factory, 
um, or the Guinness family in particular, there's plenty of um, information available um, in the resources online and so on. A very, very interesting story of the Guinness family and all that they did for the people of Dublin. They were apparently a very nice employer. Um, So other than that, just to remind you, that my book Dublin in Sketches and Stories is out now in all good bookshops. It's priced at 25 euros. It's published by Marion Press. Um, It's a great book. It's a great read as well as being something nice to look at. And finally, I would just remind you that you can come to me for classes twice a week live online um, you can check out my 90 minute classes always live always recorded on my website roisincure.com r-o-i-s-i-n-c-u-r-e.com so I look forward to seeing you at some stage you can also send me an email to sketchwithroisin at gmail.com um, with any comments or questions you might have about the book or about my sketching journey. So with that, I'll say bye-bye and I look forward to chatting with you next time. Happy sketching.